0: open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. You know, the, I'm very thankful for opportunities to worship uh, as a church congregation. And I know uh, sometimes whether you're sick or you're traveling, you can't be in person, but there's nothing like being in person and worshiping God, uh, the community and the body of believers. Um, this morning, as we're opening up the Bibles to Matthew 6, uh, just a reminder, we, we're in the middle of a sermon series, nearing the end of it, actually. We're getting, we're, as I said, we're getting close to the holidays, so there's some new things we're going to be focusing on here in the next few weeks. Um, but we're about two-thirds of the way through, and I'm going to finish up chapter 6 today. But if you remember, and for those of you visiting, we're, we're, we're at the Sermon on the Mount. So you can sort of imagine, and, and I tried to find a picture that would maybe help us give a little bit, maybe what those who were listening to Jesus had in the background, was the Sea of Galilee where they were gathered on this hillside. And actually, this, the, the point where this picture is taken from there is a, the church. They built a church there. They call it like the Sermon on the Mount Church. I don't know if that's the actual name. But um, they built there that place sort of commemorating this is where Jesus was. And they've got stones with the different uh, blessed are uh, all over the place, the different beatitudes. And, but here, from this picture, sort of picture, Jesus sits down. And he starts to teach those who are all around him. It said his followers were there, his disciples were there. So we know it's, it's 12, but then others who followed him were there as well. We believe that there was probably some religious leaders and other people in the crowd that were there sort of lingering in, listening in as well. And, and in this sermon, Jesus is like, I want to tell you about my kingdom and you're my kingdom people. So I want to tell you what you're going to be like. Oh, and by the way, I know there's a few that are listening in that whether they're religious leaders, you know, he didn't actually say all this, but it's like he's like he's saying, you know, they've sort of taken God's word, his, his message, and they have twisted it or they have added to it. And then so we, as we read through, like in Matthew 5, where Jesus often would say, you've heard it said, but I say. You've heard it said, but I say. What is he doing? He's saying the religious leaders have taken some things and added to it, but let me tell you what it's really all about. And so he does that, but then he throws in a few new things. In chapter 6, we get into these disciplines of kingdom living, the spiritual characteristics of Christians. He talks about giving and prayer and fasting. And last week, Brian did a great job talking about how we handle worrying and and other things like that. So here in in chapter 6, I want to wrap up sort of uh, what he had to say here about fasting because some of you probably have never talked about fasting before. Um, You've maybe heard about it because, oh, I've heard about intermittent fasting. So you've linked it to a diet maybe. Maybe. Uh, maybe you've read somewhere in Scripture, like, oh, there is fasting. I really don't know much about it. And, and for me, I honestly don't remember hearing about fasting growing up in my church. My church was a very biblical, grounded church. I mean, it was right from the Bible, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, every time there's a missionary conference, I mean, we, words open. I just don't remember hearing about fasting. Then again, when I was a kid, I was, you know, four foot nothing and, and a, a lot of, poundage. And so fasting probably wasn't on my register. And I was like, I like food. I don't even know what this fasting is. I'll eat as fast as I can, right? Matter of fact, I finally got to college and we had a spiritual disciplines class all the freshmen had to take. And in that class, there was a moment we talked about fasting. And that was when my roommate, it was sort of funny, he heads off to the dining commons on the day we're all supposed to be fasting. And I was like, Hey, what are you doing? Today we're supposed to be fasting. I know. I'm going to eat as fast as I can. So that became the running joke in my life is that's what fasting is all about. It's, it's eating as fast as you can. That's what fasting is. That's not what it is. And so we're going to look here in Scripture. And so join me in uh, verse 16 of Matthew chapter 6. And Jesus said this. And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable and disheveled. So, people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face. Then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father, who knows what you do in private. And your father, who sees everything, will reward you. That's it, three verses today. Sometimes it's 10, 20, a chapter, three simple verses. And what did Jesus say in these three simple verses that maybe we've never talked about before in this church? Fasting. It's it's real simple. When you begin with the, let's begin with the obvious. Jesus didn't say, hey, if you happen to be fasting, or hey, if you ever decide to fast, what does he say? When? When you fast. So it's almost like he expected, like we are going to be doing this. Now, for most of us, that's not a regular thing. It's not a regular discipline. Now, giving Praying, yeah, absolutely. So for us, whenever the paycheck comes in, whether it's the middle of the month, end of the month, whenever that check comes in, percentage comes out, goes right back to God. There's other times we may give to special organizations, missions uh, to help people in need. We give. That's a regular thing. That's what the Stump family does. Praying, that's a daily thing. It's like breathing, you know? Whether I get up and it's devotional time, whether it's praying over a certain need, we get a prayer request, come in for a text message, hey, can you pray for this? You know, we're talking besides praying over a meal. Praying is a daily thing. Then fasting. Oh, fasting is, ask me if I remember the last time I fasted, and I will say, I, I, I don't remember the last time I fasted. Have I fasted? Absolutely. But was the last time I fasted? I, I probably couldn't answer that for you without giving a lot of thought. But we look here in the Bible, and Jesus said, hey, when you fast. I'm sitting there saying, "When did I fast?" Jesus spoke to these fundamental principles of the spiritual life of, the, of those who are part of the kingdom. When you pray, when you give, when you fast. I'm expecting you all do this, right? If I were to look at the, what this word actually means, you know, I go back to the, the Greek. Uh, the word "fast" um, is two words put together, and you see those two words is "not" and "eat." So, this is really simple, right? Biblical fasting, when it comes down to it, is you're not eating any food. No calorie intake. Now, what does that mean? Well, over the last few generations, fasting has probably evolved some. Well, I'm, I'm fasting, but I'm, I'm doing a liquid diet. Well, I'm, I'm fasting from meat. I'm fasting from sugar. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm intermittent fasting. You know, I'm doing these different things. And, and basically, it's like, well, are those all good disciplines for, for the body and for you as a person? Yeah. Probably, yeah. But is that biblical fasting? No. Biblical fasting is to abstain from food and to drink water only. That's what biblical fasting is. All these other things, those are good for you. And those might be fasting that you've maybe had to change according to what maybe your doctor said or something's going on, in your life, which we'll talk about that later. But when you search the Old Testament you're like when where do we find fasting in the in the scriptures one of the first places one of the biggest ones is which all all the Jews did was on the day of atonement that was a special day in which basically everybody said you know what God's a holy god I'm a sinner I need to confess my sins to a holy God, so we do it through a sacrifice. We bring in two lambs. One lamb we kill, we put the blood on the altar, and it was the shed blood of a lamb, an innocent lamb, that would take away my sins, and then the other lamb would be sent out into the wilderness to never return, which from scriptures, we read our sins go from the east as far as to the west. In other words, there's a departing of our sin. We don't want it back in our life. That was the Day of Atonement. So, on that day, we would fast, we would not eat, and we would try to reconcile our relationship with God. So, fasting seemed to be again, that was a once a year thing, everybody did it. But then it became a little bit more often, and it was always linked to a heart condition with God. If you look in the book of Joel, you see it was part of God's call to people to repentance. When Jonah went to Nineveh, Nineveh fasted in repentance to what the message was given by Jonah. Israel fasted following the civil war with Benjamin and the death of Saul and Jonathan. It was part of a national revival put on by the prophet Samuel. So throughout Old Testament, all these little spots were moments where it's like we need to get right with God. There is sin in our life. We want to reconcile this relationship. So fasting often came with that moment. A few other moments are mentioned in the Old Testament. And you can you know, do a word search if you want and look up those and read those moments. But then we get to the New Testament. What does Jesus say about fasting? Well, Jesus is like, hey, you know what? Um, first of all, being a Jewish man, would he have followed the, the situation of the Day of Atonement? yes. He was obedient to the word, so would, would he have fasted on those days? Absolutely, because remember then, Jesus became the Lamb of God. His sacrifice was the final sacrifice for mankind. They no longer needed to do the sacrifices of the Lamb, right? Jesus was the final Lamb of God. So, But before that, did Jesus probably fast? Yes. And then we also read in Matthew chapter 4 that Jesus went into the wilderness and fasted for 40 days. 40 days! I remember fasting for 30 hours, 40 hours with the youth group. We did these these fasts, and we would raise money for those that are impoverished and in need. Um, I remember 40 hours, 40 days. That is definitely human and divine, in my opinion, to go 40 days. Quite an accomplishment. But Jesus did this. Now, there was a time in Scripture when uh, the disciples and Jesus were walking along, and these Pharisees come up. And they accused Jesus of not fasting and his disciples. We read this in Luke chapter 5. It says, One day some people said to Jesus, John the Baptist, his disciples fast and pray regularly. And so do the disciples of the Pharisees. Why are your disciples always eating and drinking? In other words, they need to fast. If they're going to be like John the Baptist's disciples, they're going to be like the disciples of the Pharisees. Jesus replied, Do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not but someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they'll fast. Jesus said, you know what? While I'm here, we're going to feast. There'll be a day I'm gone, they will fast. And again, go through Hebrew history and the Jews and in their lives, they had a lot of feasts that went on, a lot of celebrations. We do too. Aren't you glad I'm not preaching on fasting the Sunday before Thanksgiving? Or after Thanksgiving, then we're all feeling guilty, right? Or like, oh yeah, I could do a fast for like two days after Thanksgiving, right? But here's the thing. The feasting is all part of our faith, too, just as much as fasting is. One author said, it's not that we feast too much, it's that we fast too little. They both are good. And Jesus said, well, while the the groom is here, we're going to feast. But when the groom is gone, they'll fast. That is a part of our faith. So it was expected of God's people, when you read through the Bible, that they were going to fast. Fasting is accompanied usually by prayer. When you fast, you pray. In the book of Luke, chapter two, this is more of a scripture you would have read at Christmas time, right? When uh, Anna's in the, uh, she's a prophet. She's also in the in the temple. Um, the daughter of Phanuel, the tribe of Asher. She's very old. Her husband died when she had been married only seven years. Verse thirty-seven says, "Then she lived as a widow to the age of eighty-four. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with what fasting and prayer. Fasting and prayer always came together." It expresses, when we fast, our need for God. It's it's those moments when we become so in tune with God. It's like, I need him so much um, in this moment that I'm I'm not going to be eating. You've probably experienced this before if you've uh, worked extra. You have maybe some kind of big work project going on or, or work was so crazy that day that you missed a meal. You're so consumed with work. Or for many of you, and many of you can account to this, you had a tragic situation happen in your family. Maybe something, somebody went to the hospital or something, and in, in the midst of all of that pain and all of that tragedy, you're at the hospital bedside and and and, and or in mourning for a loss, and you realize I've not eaten all day. Because you're so consumed with what was going on. When you fast. That moment of fasting is that moment of, I want to be consumed with God. I'm going to take this issue to God right now. So I'm not eating because I am spending my time in communion with God. Praying, reading scripture, maybe listening to worship music. It's that time of asking and seeking help. There are times I've been in conversation with uh, my supervisors with FCA uh, or co-pastors uh, in, in the church conference, that they've come to me and said, you know what, this is a situation we need to pray and fast over. this always comes together. It's like, we need to pray about this. We need to fast as well. Again, it's, it's bringing that need uh, and pursuing God's will in that moment. And here's the thing, um, but when you fast, it's, it's, not, it's not so much a demand for an immediate answer. Well, I'm fasting, so God's answering, Right? I mean, hey, it's like walking up to the vending machine of God and pulling out my spiritual quarter, putting it in and pushing the button, the things that I need, and God's like, gives it to me, right? It's not the way it works. We bring our need to God. Now, whether God answers with a yes or no, that's God's will. That's God's sovereign action. Basically, when I'm praying, when I am seeking him and I am fasting, I'm lining up myself with God's will. Here's his will. Here's his sovereign action. And I, maybe I want this over here, but God says, this is the way it's going to be. And I'm getting myself lined up with him, not like, God, you got to come down here. God's like, mm, let's line this up. And that takes place. It's not this immediate answer. It's a way to demonstrate what Jesus was doing in the wilderness. Fasting is a way of really prioritizing our spiritual life too. We were talking earlier about how uh, in Deuteronomy, where it first was listed in the Bible, it said to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our strength. All of our heart, all of our soul, all of our strength. Spiritual to physical. That was the order. Love God, with everything you got in here first and then everything out here to take care of. Way we prioritize things today is I'm taking care of my body first. It's all about my body. My body's got to be in shape. My body's got to do this, my body's got to do that. I idolize my body and then oh yeah, I need to I need some spiritual activity in my life too. It doesn't say love the Lord God with all your strength, your soul, your heart, but it says love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and strength. And when we fast, what we are doing, we're saying I'm putting my physical need over here and I'm lining up my spiritual needs with God first. It's prioritizing what scripturally we read about how we are to love the Lord our God. So as we study what fasting is, we see it's scriptural, we see it's beneficial, we see what it does in, in, in that spiritual discipline but then, like all these other disciplines that Jesus has brought up, when you pray, when you give, when you fast, don't be like the hypocrites. And once again, he does it here. Don't be like the hypocrites. And he says, they're like disfiguring their face, and they're making themselves look like they're in pain and they're in misery. And it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm fasting today. and I, don't even, I can't do that, but, but you know, I don't even know how to dishelve my face. But can you imagine, you see somebody like, ooh, you is something okay with you, something wrong? It's like, I'm fasting today. Oh, you're okay, I'm sorry, but if you are getting right with God and, and you are digging in spiritually, you shouldn't look like you're a miserable person. Now, you were miserable because of sin, but we're excited and renewed and changed because of what God does in forgiveness, right? But in that moment of fasting, what, what are we doing? It's like, you know what these guys are doing? I want you all to know I'm fasting, so just look at me how horrible I'm looking today. It's because I'm fasting. Oh, oh, you're fasting, man. You are one spiritual person. Congratulations. So you're going to get the same reward that you do for giving and for praying when you let everybody know, hey, put my money in the, in the offering, or hey, I'm going to stand and pray now with my prayer voice. Okay, why are we, why are we doing all these things? so I can get your attention, so I can look pretty spiritual. What's my reward, does Jesus say? Your reward is just that. You get a hand clap from everybody that's watching you. But God's like, that doesn't impress me at all. That's your reward. In contrast, Jesus says, take care of yourself. Just, hey, go shower, get dressed, act normal, okay? If you're fasting today, excellent. You might want to, you know, Maybe make sure when you're fasting, it's not on a day when you have a big, big dinner party at your house, okay? Then, you know, everybody's sitting down and it's like, hey, how come you're not feasting with us? Because I'm fasting today. Oh, everybody else feels really guilty, right? Not me, I'm, fe- I'm going to feast. It's the feast day, right? But why did I have to tell everybody I'm fasting? Was it to draw attention to myself? Is there a reward for that? Let me just say this, there is a benefit to fasting. First of all, you're practicing a spiritual discipline. So it feels good to know that you're practicing a spiritual discipline. Second of all, you're acting in a way that reflects what Jesus did. Anytime we do what Jesus did and we line up with that, that's a good thing. But here's the third and the most important part about fasting. You are drawing near to God. So James 4 says, those who draw near to God, God, what, draws near to them. In fasting, you are drawing near to God. And that is really why we want to fast. Now, this isn't something I typically do in a sermon, but I want to take a moment and just give you some, some practical steps. I, I, I want to be able to say, hey, you know what, church, if you decide to fast, because after all, Jesus said, when we fast. So when you fast, church, let me just give you some practical ideas and thoughts about fasting. Um, first of all, this, uh, know why you're fasting, which is I basically just covered. It's to draw near to God. It isn't dieting, isn't, man, I, yeah, I could stand to lose a couple pounds. Yeah, I might as well. That's not the reason to fast, right? plan your fast. How long is your fast going to be? What kind of fast is it going to be? Is it going to be a half day? Is it going to be one meal? Is it going to be a full day? Is it going to be 30 hours? Is it going to be two days? How long is it going to be? Is it going to be a private fast with just you only? Is it going to be part of your small group or your Bible study? Is it going to be as a congregation are we going to do this? What kind of fast will it be? Is it okay to share this with somebody that's close to you? Absolutely. Not in a bragging form, but like, for, if I'm going to do this, I will let Jenny know. Jenny, I just want to let you know I'm going to be fasting on such and such day. Why? So when she makes dinner and I don't sit down to eat dinner or I sort of push the plate aside, she's not offended because I pushed her food aside that she worked so hard to make. She'll know, you know what? On that day, she's going to do something different probably. So I'll probably let her know for that, that purpose. Um, don't set high expectations during the fast. Don't expect one of those moments like the skies are going to part and the angels are going to start singing like "ho." Oh! You're like, oh, "Yes, I fasted. I am a spiritual giant." And you're going to be hungry. You're going to experience hunger pains, and you going you're like, "Man, this is harder than I thought." I can't stop thinking about food. Those Reese's peanut butter cup commercials are driving me nuts. You know, it's just like it's going to be challenging. Now will God meet you in your fast? Absolutely. Will something great happen? I pray so. But I'll let you know, if you're expecting this, this parting of the skies, that may not happen. Okay. Uh, you may want to start with, if you've never done this before, maybe you start with a, with a short fast, where maybe it's just one meal, then two meals then one day. If you if you work out, like if you're an athlete and you've got a a, a meet a match or something going on. The day of or the day for, that's not a good idea to fast, okay? Just because, again, of what you're doing in competition. There are sometimes you just got to figure out, is this a good day or not a good day? Know when it's a good day and when it's not a good day. For me, Thursdays is not a good day. Why? Because on Wednesday nights at 10 o'clock, I'm picking up all the leftover breads and desserts and all this pasta, po- not the pastas, but like pastries at Panera Bread at 10 o'clock. And then they're loading them into my car because that's what Panera donates at the end of the night. We picked those up, I picked those up, put them in my car, and I got like four or five bags of pastries and bagels, and bear claws, and muffins, and scones. And as I'm driving home, like, if, if you drive through Delta on a Thursday morning and you see a couple bagels, it's because I was like, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. It's like trying to like... Then Thursday, we, we serve those here. Dave's cooking up a storm to feed up, uh, people who come in for the pantry. And then we're put boxing up food and giving them food. So is that a good day for me to fast? No. That would be a hard day for me to fast. Now, could I do it? Absolutely. But again, if you're just starting... Understand what is a good way to start. If you're a caffeine person, you need your pop, you need your coffee, and you're doing a a full biblical fast with just no food, just water, you will probably get a caffeine headache. Just giving you a heads up on that one, okay? Uh, Due to physical needs, sugar levels, certain things like that, some of you, you might need to check with your doctor before you do a fast. Because for some of you, it's like if you skip certain dietary needs, that might be harmful to you according to what you are currently going through. So that's something, you know, you maybe check with your doctor and say, well, I do need to have this. Okay, then maybe you fast from all these other things instead. Again, I'm, I'm not trying to say, I don't want to be legalistic like the Pharisees and the Sadducees and say, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it, this so forth. This is between you and God. And he does expect us to fast. He's when you fast. So I know this is, I need to fast. Now, how I'm going to do it might be different than the way you do it. But it's going to be my time, me and God, drawing near to him. Now, when it comes to these three spiritual disciplines, to to giving, to prayer, and to fasting, just let me say how we're going to do this as a church and how we we do it as a church, and I want to encourage you. First of all, when it comes to giving, you know, we have a blessings box in the back. We encourage you to give uh, back to God. Um, we just often in our weekly email just reminds you to give back it's a part of worship it's what we do and then you know about the harvest offering at um, the two, last two Sundays in November we're asking you to give above and beyond what you normally give uh, towards the dead of this church just a, a harvest offering that's how we've talked about giving what about prayer Prayer, obviously, hopefully, in small groups and Bible studies, you are seeking God in prayer. You're doing that on your own. But come uh, next month, we're going to be giving everybody an Advent book like we did last year. With that Advent book that we give you, we want to encourage all of us to get on the same page together during the last part of November and all through December, reading and praying together. In January, I got something uh, I want to announce and share about prayer, but we'll wait till then. A little teaser. Okay? Now, fasting. Pick a day, personally, fast. Uh, For me, and again, this isn't to toot my horn or anything like that. I just want to hold myself accountable to you. If I, as your pastor, I'm not doing these things, but I'm telling you to do them, that is called being a hypocrite, right? So this Tuesday is going to be my day of fast. Um, Something, you know, um, how often am I going to do it? I'm going to see it as the Lord leads. But right now, I know there's some things in my life that I want to draw near to God on. So that is going to be my day. I want to encourage you to pick a day to pick whether it's a half day, full day, you do what you need to do, but I would encourage you, set aside a time to draw near to God where you push away the physical need and you pull in the spiritual need. Spiritual different disciplines, I'm gonna tell you something. Are they hard? Are they tough? Yes. If it was easy, what they say, if it's easy, everybody would do it, right? But they are hard. You know, you think about this, um, Praying for some of us can be challenging at times. Giving, yeah, because I earned it. I need to keep it. So giving could be hard. Fasting, some of us never done that before. This could be hard. Trusting God, not worrying. Is those kind of things hard? Absolutely. Being a Christian, is that tough? Yes, it is. All those things are challenging in our faith. You know, this morning... First service, we had four people get baptized. This service, we're about ready to baptize a couple more. And here's what's going to happen. These these young men that are going to get up here, they are proclaiming this. Uh, What their action is going to do is proclaiming where they are at spiritually. They've already made a decision in their hearts spiritually. They've already confessed with their mouth and believed in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Because of that, they are now saved according to Scripture. They are children of God. It is no longer they who live, but Christ lives in them. Now, here's the thing they are going to live their life by faith through Christ. Will they still mess up? Yes. Will at times they not look like a Christian? Most likely. But in those moments, like all of us that mess up, we know I need to get this right with God. We are striving to live by faith, not by our flesh, but sometimes our flesh gets in the way. And this morning when, when they get baptized, they understand this truth. It isn't baptism that saves them. Getting in that water, being, they're, they're gonna do what Jesus did. Jesus was buried and then you resurrected from the dead. So when they go in the water, they're doing what Jesus did to come out new, right? But that doesn't save them. It's what they did with the confession with their mouth and their belief in the heart of Jesus Christ, that saves them. The baptismal is a proclamation. Hey, everybody, I'm saved. And I want you to know, you know why sometimes people uh, don't get baptized? I know sometimes people, and they've told me this. they told me this. I don't want to get baptized yet. Why is that? Because uh, I still like to mess around. Oh, okay. So you call yourself a Christian. You're living for Christ. You want to live for Christ. But you know that once you get in there and you get baptized, you're telling everybody, hey, everybody, I'm a Christian. But yet you're saying, I don't want to do that yet because I still want to go out and live a different way. Yeah, party for Jesus or party for the devil on Saturday night, you know, praise God on Sunday. You know, live crazy all week, but Sunday, get it right. One foot in, one foot out. I'm going to straddle my faith. Let me tell you something. That doesn't work. Some young men in here, you've been there. It's like, yeah, I haven't asked the question. I haven't, I haven't popped the question to my girlfriend yet. I'm keeping my options open. <laughs> that girl's like, I'm about to whack you with a stick called commitment, right? Would you make a commitment, yes or no? Quit, quit playing your options. And I think sometimes God does that with us. like, quit playing your options. You're in or out? Are you all in? You, you made a faith proclamation? No, let everybody know. Uh, but that's tough, Right? I've got to show everybody my faith. Exactly. It's hard at times. But by the strength of God and His Spirit living in you, He gives you the strength and the power to live a life that is righteous. Worship team, would you come forward, please? In the movie, We Bought a Zoo, you maybe, maybe have not seen that movie. Matt Damon uh, plays the role of a British writer who is rescuing this, this failing zoo. And he comes to terms uh, with his life as a single father in um, and, and this whole moment. And, and in this moment, there's a quote from the movie, and I'll put it on the screen. It says this. He says, sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage. Sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage. And that line stuck with me because it made me think about this. It's like when Peter was getting ready to to step out of the boat onto the water, 20 seconds of insane courage says, I'm going on the water, right? For the woman who was bleeding, in 20 seconds of insane courage, she's like, I'm going to touch the robe of Jesus. In 20 seconds of insane courage, David takes off the armor of Saul and says, I'm going to chase after my Goliath. In 20 seconds of insane courage, what are you doing for Jesus? 20 seconds of insane courage this morning. It might be somebody out here in the church this morning that says, you know what, I've been wanting to get baptized. I need to get baptized. I've placed my faith in Jesus Christ. I want everybody to know. But I didn't bring a change of clothes. 20 seconds of insane courage says, get in, get wet. You'll be, you'll be okay getting home, driving home in the wet. You know, we got extra towels. I got a couple extra T-shirts in the back or something. We'll help you out the best we can. But it's like, what will other people think? Then you don't have those 20 seconds of insane courage because you're worried about what everybody else thinks in your life. Stop worrying about what the world thinks. Follow the Lord. What does he want you to do? Does he want you to pray more? Does he want you to give more? Does he want you to fast? What is God calling you to do? Will you do it? Will you do it? Would you stand, please? Sometimes uh, sometimes our, our teens, our youth, are, are put in that moment of, if I choose this way, I'm going to be rejected by my friends at school. I'm going to be rejected by the, by the kids on my team. Yeah, Jesus was rejected too. He gets it. So the next time you question like, but what if, just ask God. God, have you ever had those what if moments? Have you, and Just let him speak to you. And then charge forward. What is he asking you to do? Be bold, be courageous. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are an awesome God. We thank you that... As we read these scriptures and we read your messages, you're, you're always saying, but when you do this, as if we were already doing them, and some of us maybe aren't so much, for one reason or another. But you said, but when you do this, this is how you can do it. It's like you have this expectation for us as your children, as kingdom people, that this is the way we live. So God, help us to live that way. Help us to not be embarrassed. Help us to, to not be afraid of what other people think. Help us to, to just draw near to you. So God, I pray for this church. I pray that we are obedient to your word. And God, my words, sometimes things that I share, practical steps that maybe just opinionated, take them for what they are. But God, your word, let us take, take your word and live it out. Show us what we're supposed to do. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for, for their faith and, and how they come and how we come and we worship you together. I thank you for this church and knowing that we always have volunteers and people stepping up and serving. I thank you for this church that they are giving and they are praying. God, I thank you for this church. God, help us to continue to pursue you. Help us to shine for you. I pray, Lord, that maybe there's somebody in here this morning, maybe they've never surrendered their life to you. God, right now, where we're standing, if there's someone here, I pray this morning that right now, they'll just simply confess to you, God, I'm sorry for the things I've done. Forgive me. Come into my life. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ, you are Lord. May that be their prayer. May it be a start of a new relationship with you. Lord, help us to grow closer to you. As we sing to you now, Lord, may your name be praised. May you be lifted up. In thy name we pray, amen.